So I wasn't going to do this tonight. Record, that is. I realized that it's been a while since I recorded anything new for this feed, and I've been meaning to, but there never seems to be the time. And realistically speaking, there's not enough time for me to do this tonight, really. I should be heading to bed. I never have much time these days. I think it's a transitional thing. I hope it's a transitional thing. Well, we'll figure that out. Life is changing. Lots of stuff is happening. This is me. Go figure. But anyway, I wasn't going to record anything. And then the apparition of Oscar Wilde appeared in my head and said, My dear boy, there is only one thing worse than recording a podcast. And that is not recording a podcast. Okay. Okay, admittedly, that's the Monty Python version of Oscar Wilde, but you get the idea. So I figured I'd dig up one of the topics I have waiting in the wings and try to unfurl it a bit. One of the many things I've been thinking about recently is the way in which you can see society turning its third eye inward and going ever crazier as it tries to see itself and the entirety of the rat's maze that is around it from inside the maze. It's a thing you can't really do, I don't think, but people are going crazy trying. I think as a society, perhaps, we're going crazy trying. What am I talking about? Well, let me back up a few steps. This actually has to do with humor. It's kind of interesting to look at how our reactions to things change over time as a society. Mainly right now I'm talking about the United States because that's the majority of my experience. I dare say most of it. But this might drift into other countries as well, perhaps. I've been watching an interview of John Cleese that John Hodgman did a little while ago, and one of the things that comes up pretty quickly is the question of where humor comes from, or more specifically, where laughter comes from. And... There is sort of this idea that it's a primal thing within us, and that maybe we can't quite divine its source. And John Cleese says that it is a thing wrapped up in our psyches that it takes quite a lot of tinkering and a lot of expert understanding to be able to get at and kind of unlock and release in people. And I think that process changes over time, which to me makes sense because society does, people do, generations do. And I think a good deal of that has to do with how afraid we are as human beings to laugh at things, or how we look when we laugh at something. How a person laughs, I think, is not entirely involuntary. It is often looked at as a character trait of a person. Someone once told me that they liked the way I laugh, and I don't control that, per se. That's not exactly something that I do on purpose. I just laugh the way I laugh. But I think there is some part of my psyche that enjoys laughing in a particular way, if you know what I mean. And it may not be entirely consciously voluntary. I think that may be part of the reason why people's sneezes sound different as well. I think there's some degree of at least subconscious control over the way that we sneeze. But that's a slightly different area. I'm not going to get into the sneezing subconscious just at the moment. Right now, let's stick with, is it cool to laugh at something? Which is really kind of what I wanted to get at. Our culture's sense of humor, and more specifically, our approach to things like laughter. Some of you may remember a TV show called Make Me Laugh. There have been three versions of it. 
And assisted by Wikipedia and YouTube, I've gone back and reviewed them a little bit. The first one was in 1958. It was in black and white. And it had comedians coming on and trying to crack up celebrities, among other things going on. At this point, I should probably explain, if you're not familiar with the show I'm talking about, the overall premise that has been at the core of it since its creation and has appeared in all the various different versions, is that the contestant wins more money either for themselves or for a charity they're playing for, in the case of celebrities, the longer they can go without laughing. And people will come out and be funny in front of them, or try to be funny in front of them, and the longer they can go without cracking up, the more they win. That's pretty much the premise. So you have the 1958 version, then you've got a version that was around from 1979 to 1980. That's the one that I saw when I was a kid, and it had comics that were relatively young at the time, but are better known now. The Wikipedia list here says Bob Saget, Howie Mandel, Gallagher, Yakov Smirnov, Gary Shandling. I think I remember seeing the unknown comic on that show, but I might also be getting it confused with the Gong Show, which he was on several times. And there's a sort of a similarity of premise involved there as well, although with the gong show it's more like how long can you go without having had enough of what you're seeing. Kind of the evil Star Trek mirror universe version of Make Me Laugh, if you will, where the reaction they're going for is repulsion and the entertainment value is through schadenfreude, but I digress. So you had the 70s version of Make Me Laugh, and that ended up being syndicated for a while, and that's probably how I ended up seeing it. Although I guess I could have seen it in, like, 1979, 1980 as well, because I think I had seen it before by the time it made it to cable. But anyway, you then had a version that was on in the late 90s, 1997 to 98, on Comedy Central. And again, you had people, and by this point it was just ordinary people, people they pulled out of the audience, which I think was something they also did in the 70s. Not so sure about... Whether they did that or not in the 58 version, the YouTube videos that I found only had celebrities in it for the 1958 version. But in any case, they pulled people out of the audience and tried to get them to laugh by having a series of comics come out and perform for them. Now, the reason I bring this up is because... I think something that anyone who compares the different versions can see rather easily is that the 90s version of the game was much easier for the contestants to win. They pull people out of the audience and they sit there and none of them laugh. That's probably why the show was only on for a year or two in the 90s, though to be fair it was only on for a year or two in the 70s. But... If you look at the earlier two versions, and then you look at the 90s version, you can see that in the earlier versions, people were willing to laugh. They were willing to lose the game if the comic got an honest laugh out of them. And sure, some of them, like anybody, like today, some folks have an easier time keeping from laughing than others. Some people laugh more easily than others. That's just how personalities work. That's always how personalities have worked. But it seems as though the show, in its 90s, incarnation became kind of more of a sad joke itself, because no matter who was going up there, you pretty much knew what the outcome was going to be. They weren't going to laugh. And keep in mind, this is before 9-11, so we can't sit here blaming the quote-unquote growing up of society for that. I think that 
something happened between the 70s and the 90s to cause us to turn that eye inward and see ourselves for all of our imperfections. And the societal trend has been to throw those parts of us away. The fact that people could laugh so easily in years past is perhaps considered an embarrassment. We're smarter now. We're too cool to laugh at things now. We understand the value of money now, and we'll do anything for it. And that actually may have something to do with what's been happening economically to us and how we view money since the late 70s. There has been a definite change about the way society looks at money, I think. Specifically, it seems as though for many more people than before, money has become more important than being true to yourself. I really hope I'm wrong about that, but I have a feeling I'm not. Even though, in the past, when you could earn a dollar per second for not laughing, that meant a lot more than it would now if you adjust for inflation. And I believe in the 90s version it was $5 per second, at least for the final round. It seems like as a society we're much more willing to put our blinders on and be narrow of focus if it means getting ahead even a little bit. And that worries me. I mean, it worried me the better part of two decades ago when I saw the show in its Comedy Central incarnation. You sort of want to think that society has lost its innocence and continues to do so. And to a certain extent, perhaps that's true. We just don't think about certain things until we do. That's, again, how society works. How being a human being works. But... I don't know, it feels like 30 plus years ago we were not embarrassed to laugh at things, and then starting 15 plus years ago we were. Part of me wants to blame the internet, which is responsible for a lot of societal change, since in the 90s the internet really started coming into its own with the World Wide Web proliferating as much as it did, and we had an unprecedented look at ourselves as we went out and realized that in the future everyone was going to have their own website. Not necessarily everyone has their own website yet, but we're almost there, considering what's happened with Facebook. So if you count that, then we're pretty darn close. But I remember thinking as I got into the internet in the late 90s, that it was like, if there is something that is popular or has a lot of interest around it, there will be sites dedicated to it. There will be information out there on it. And so we got to examine ourselves as we talked about the things that we liked and were interested in and the things that we particularly didn't like and wanted to rant about. And I think that may be something that helped bring about a kind of paranoia about looking bad it's like there was an increase in the stakes for anyone who went on television or did anything in public because society had evolved to the point that everyone should know better. I think something fundamental about us changed, and I can't quite put my finger on it. All I know is that, to the best of my recollection, in the old show the contestants laughed a lot more often than they did in the new show. And I haven't had time to go back through YouTube and hunt down every episode of each show and compare and contrast and get all the numbers down, but I remember distinctly watching the Comedy Central version in the 90s and seeing contestants get up there and go into this kind of trance. Most of the contestants would chat with the host, and then when the comic came out, they'd put themselves into this trance to keep themselves from laughing, and most of them were really good at that. And it kind of felt like that was normal, like anybody could do that. Like the thought was, well, this is perfectly normal. Of course they're going to keep themselves from laughing because it's for money. Anyone can do that. 
And I know that there are a lot of factors here. I know that comedy has changed. I know that the way we view stand-up comedy has changed. I don't know. I think maybe even back in the 90s, it was a lot easier to convince ourselves by that point that something isn't funny, because by then it had become a lot cooler to say everything sucks. I don't know. There was this major rise of greedy individualism in the 80s that some of you may remember, and maybe in the 90s that carried over into the idea that not laughing at a comic is the norm, whereas maybe in the 70s and earlier, you went to see a comic to laugh at them. And actually going to see a comic to not laugh at them was a novelty. And sure, there have always been hecklers. And I know plenty of folks can sit there and say, Oh, well, none of these comics are funny. As though their opinion is fact across the board for all individuals. But just from my own perspective, I thought the comics on all of the different incarnations of the shows were pretty much equally funny. Maybe something just changed about the way we view entertainment. Maybe we started treating everything more like TV. If there's someone sitting in front of us, we can just turn them off if they're doing their stand-up act or whatnot. Where did this idea that not laughing is the norm come from? How, between the 70s and the 90s, did we get this attitude that's like, I'm a smart, modern individual, and I only laugh at those things that I've already decided are going to be worth it? How did this happen to us? How is it that before the end of the last century, we became these cynical bastards who look at everything negatively so that we won't be disappointed? And I include myself in that, by the way. Cynicism and schadenfreude have been two of my best friends for decades, and they're both probably terrible habits to fall into. But I also like the idea of having hope. So where does this come from? I don't know. Maybe I'm just rambling insanely about this whole thing. But it kind of feels like we've lost something. And yes, a lot of good things have happened. There are a lot of things that we understand better now. A lot of people we understand better now that we did not understand before. And society is getting better for it. But we should still be able to find things to laugh at, shouldn't we? Does comedy itself have to be either severely high-ended or severely low-ended? Does it have to be ridiculously smart so that we can congratulate ourselves when we laugh? Or, conversely, ridiculously stupid so that we can congratulate ourselves when we laugh because we're getting one over on the people in the first category? Because clearly we're not like those people that laugh at the highbrow stuff. Or maybe those two extremes are just mirror universe versions of each other. Who knows? Is there somewhere to meet in the middle? Can it be okay not to win the money? Can we just laugh at a thing and not be judged for it, for goodness sake? I don't know. Can we? This is clearly a question that's been driving me out of my gourd, and the probability is that it'll never really have an answer. But, that said, if you'd like to comment on the blog, or email me, or flag me down on Twitter, or whatnot, and tell me your thoughts on it, I'd be delighted to hear them. In the meantime, I think I've rambled way too long... It is now thoroughly into my bedtime, so I'm going to sign off now. Take care, folks. I'll see you all of a sudden.